Now, the Justice, Crime Prevention and Security Cluster Ministers say 19 people have been arrested whom they regard as the instigators of the July 2021 unrest. They are part of 2,435 cases on court rolls, of which 50 have been finalized with guilty verdicts. The ministers were briefing the media in Pretoria yesterday on progress with regards to the implementation of the recommendations by the expert panel set up to review South Africa's response to the unrest. Police Minister Begitrele says people believed to be the instigators of the violence have appeared in court and are out on bail. This is what he had to say yesterday. One of the people that were arrested uh, with the previous 19 uh, is, is a certain advocate. Others are the councillors. Uh, others will be on the different level uh, of, of, of government. Uh, so it will be the level of different people. That, that's beside the, the mass arrest that had happened, and uh, out of them, 50 already have been found guilty. That was Police Minister Peggy Trele. And for more on this story, we are joined on the line by David Ansara, COO of the Risk Analysis Centre. David, thank you for joining us this morning and welcome to the Weekend View. I was listening and watching that, that presser um, yesterday, uh, David, and there was a question that came in from one of the reporters and um, it, it, what, I can't recall which minister, in fact, took on that question, but it was around... What sort of what sort of measures have been taken or, or, or plans are in place to to deal with what's happening on on social media? And I think both the uh, uh, and the minister of police also spoke to this to this question, right? The question was around the fact that people are are mobilizing and doing all sorts of things using social media platforms. And I found the question to or the response to the question that the minister was found was found wanting, in fact. And perhaps if we can if we can start there, what we have seen and are seeing elsewhere in in the world that the digital space uh, the, the Cyberspace is, is an important one, and I wonder whether, in your view, you, you feel that the government has a solid handle, you get the sense that they have a solid handle to prevent anarchy of this nature in the future, which, whereas a lot of the mobilization is happening in the digital space. Morning, Sibinzele. Yes. So, look, you can look at the technological tools that people might be using in order to coordinate their activities, but I think you also need to look at the socioeconomic circumstances, as you rightly allude to. And, you know, in a event like this, there are going to be people who are going to be coordinating with one another, but they're going to be using the, the normal tools that are at their disposal. But how effective their activity actually is depends on the, uh, the conditions, the social conditions in which they're operating. So, um, you know, I think... What was striking about the riots last year was that, yes, there was this political spark that was created by the uh, constitutional court judgment against former President Zuma, but the, there was almost like this dry field uh, mm. that was ripe for catching light, uh, catching fire because of that spark. So I think a lot of people were focusing on the spark itself, as the cause of this massive uh, riot and this wave of unrest that swept through KZN and Gauteng. But I think it's also very important to look at why was that, why was that field uh, so dry? And, you know, mm. we were coming off of the back of a massive uh, unemployment caused by the government-imposed lockdown. Uh, it was, uh, you know, 
The uh, living conditions of South Africans have been stagnating for many years. After a period of prolonged growth in the mid-2000s, we've seen GDP per capita start to, to flatline and even go backwards. So now the average wealth of the South African, if you look at GDP per capita terms, is pretty much the same as it was in about 2005, whereas other emerging markets uh, have been growing steadily and people's uh, living standards have been improving. So mm-hmm. off the back of the lockdown, uh, frustrations around lack of economic dynamism, I think that the conditions were right for this kind of event to occur, and that could occur again in the future, given some of the headwinds that we're facing at the moment. Yeah, because one gets the sense that uh, those th- those conditions that would have contributed to what we saw a year ago have only gotten worse. So if we think about what we're seeing in Bumalanga currently with the shutdowns that, that are happening there, um, it's it, you know one wonders when it'll it'll then spread to to the rest to the rest of the country. So um, is it is it fair to say that uh, we, we we should we should all be um, at at dis ease? Um, and, and expect, in fact, that we may we may see unrest of this nature. And again, are we are we in a position to be able to deal with it um, in, 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 as quickly and as efficiently as as we had hoped they would have dealt with what happened in July last year? Well, unfortunately, I don't think that we are in a state of readiness for such an event again. I mean, just a, a point to note is that. Violent protest is not an unusual phenomenon in South Africa. The scale of what we saw last year was particularly high. Um, That was unprecedented. I mean, that was Mm. uh, the most expensive riot in the world over the last decade. Uh, Billions of rands uh, were lost. About 37 uh, billion rands just were were claimed through Sassria, the state-owned insurance company alone. Mm. And they failed to anticipate that in their in their forecasting and in their financial modeling, and subsequently after the rights had to go to National Treasury for a bailout. And insurance companies like that typically will take out reinsurance for these kind of, uh, these kind of major disruptions and events. And so now Lloyds of London, the reinsurance company that will provide uh, that underwriting to the likes of Sastria, has now hiked its rates by 1,000%. That shows you that Financial institutions are now factoring in uh, that that level of risk reoccurring again, whereas they didn't in the past. Um, so that shows you uh, that's one indicator. Another indicator is that you know we have a lot of protests in South Africa, big culture of protests, but actually they are becoming increasingly more violent. So the proportion of protests that are violent is increasing. So mm-hmm. in the early 2000s, that would at around 10% of all protests were violent. Uh, up until about 2020, now looking at about 32, 33%, a third of all protests are violent. And that suggests that the security apparatus is increasingly incapable of maintaining basic law and order. So there's basic law and order, normal policing, having a presence on the ground. Visibility of policing is very important for day-to-day uh, uh, law enforcement. But then you also need uh, this emergency response, mm. uh, crowd control, rioting control. I mean, if you look at the way in which riots are dealt with in other countries, very sophisticated techniques around kettling, around containing uh, large groups of people. Um, and the government security apparatus was caught very flat-footed. Uh, it took a number of days for the 
security services to, to actually kick in. Mm. They're completely under-resourced and under-prepared. And what we saw, uh, thankfully, many community groups, uh, community policing groups were able to, uh, you know, through the use of, uh, of personal arms, able to defend their businesses and their properties. Uh, but unfortunately, a number of lives were lost uh, in this process just because of the chaos. Mm. Mm, yeah, it, I, I can't imagine how how, how businesses uh, look to then protect themselves. Right, it's becoming a lot harder as well to to operate in in this space. Is, is there is there sufficient support for them? What are sort of the, the sort of things that that businesses need to think about given the the environment that you've just painted? Well, my message to business is this: you are essentially on your own when it comes to protecting the security of your business and also your family and your loved ones. And there, I don't think that the situation is going to be resolved. We saw uh, this week the police minister was challenged uh, over some of the capacity problems, the, the lack of uh, effective policing in the Western Cape. You know, that is, I think, emblematic of uh, the kind of general malaise that is crept into the SAPs and a lot of that is a leadership problem. So there are many uh, loyal and devoted policemen and women in South Africa who uh, sacrifice their lives in many respects to serve the country and their communities. But they're not given the support at the leadership level that is required uh, to police a complex and volatile country such as South Africa. So I think that is the, the, the big challenge. And we can try to find scapegoats and we can you know, look at social media and we can say, okay, well, these, uh, these people were responsible. Yes, prosecutions mm-hmm. must take place. We must hold people accountable for their actions, but that must be obviously based on evidence, not simply hearsay. Uh, but the, the fundamental underlying problem is the lack of effective policing and law and order in South Africa. So I think that the spontaneous emergence of many of these community groups to protect their, their properties, um, I think, is indicative of the retreating state. But I think there's also an opportunity there that uh, people can now start to take uh, initiative to coordinate with each other and in a less reactive way and start to build community policing structures in the absence of a capable state. And I think, hmm. you know, Ian Cameron, who challenged the police minister, on Action Society. This is an NGO that's just uh, a lot of volunteers, people doing uh, community patrols, and you know they have taken uh, the view that you know no one's going to come to help them, so they must protect them, themselves uh, from violence yeah. and, um, and and from criminality. And so that's a lot of hard work. There could be a lot of negative externalities there as well. That you know you don't want vigilantism getting out of control. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and you, but, you know, there's an orderly way in which that process could be, could be sure. managed and facilitated. Sure. Thank you very much, David and Sarah, CEO, or COO rather, of the Risk Analysis Centre. We'll leave it there this morning. Thank you for your time, David.